Welcome to the Beach Catholic Podcast with Father Brian Barr. As always in this podcast, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Sunday's Gospel, as well as Father Brian Barr's homily. Just a reminder that starting next week, Father Brian will be answering your questions in his weekly Q&A segment. To submit a question, you can send an email to beachcatholicpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, we never use any names or email addresses in the podcast, so all your questions are anonymous. Until then, here's the gospel from March 26, 2017, the fourth Sunday of Lent. God bless. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible through him. We have to do the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said it is, but others said, no, he just looks like him. He said, I am. So they said to him, how are your eyes opened? He replied, the man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. And he told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went there and washed and was able to see. They said to him, well, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on a Sabbath. So when the Pharisees also, so then the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and now I can see. So some of the Pharisees said, this man isn't from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a sinful man do such signs? And it was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, what do you have to say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, he's a prophet. Now the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and gained his sight until they summoned the parents of the one who had gained his sight. They asked him, is this your son who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. We don't know how he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age, he can speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for they had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged him as the Christ, he would be expelled from the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, he is of age. Question him. So a second time, they called the man, the blind man, and said to him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. If he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. So they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? They ridiculed him and said, you are that man's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but we do not know where this one is from. The man answered and said to them, this is what is so amazing, that you don't know where he's from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if one is devout and does his will, he listens to him. It is unheard of that anyone 
ever open the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. They answered and said to him, you were born totally in sin, and you were trying to teach us. Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found them and said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you've seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshipped him. Then Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see that I came into this world for judgment that those who do not see might see, and for those who see that and those who do see might become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not also blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you are saying, we see, so your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So i got uh, two stories here about two <clears throat> runners. This kid was, uh, I met him when he was, I think, 15. He was a sophomore, so he was 15, maybe 16 years old. And uh, he got caught. Uh, he, was, he stole, this is about 10 or 12 years ago, he stole uh, some other kid's iPod. And uh, he got caught pretty much right away by his teacher. And she was surprised. Uh, she liked this kid, and it was totally out of character. Like, this kid was never in trouble and certainly wasn't stealing stuff. So she just kind of, in her gut, she knew something's got to be up. Like, there's no, a kid just doesn't do this out of the blue. So... She asked me if I'd talk to him. Um, so I did. I was at St. Anthony's. This was at St. Anthony's High School when I was there. This kid comes in. Uh, he sits down. And I think, like, within 30 seconds, he starts to cry. Um, and I wasn't yelling at him. I was just I asked him how he was doing and kind of, like, what happened. And then he, boom, you know, he just starts crying. Uh, and the teacher was totally right. I mean, I could just tell he was, he was a good kid. Um, this just didn't add up. So we talked a bit, and uh, things started to make a little bit more sense. He started to talk about his mom, and he was really angry at her. And this was sort of a, whether he knew it or not, I think he was just trying to lash out and, and upset her, and he didn't know how to, so he did this stupid stealing thing. But the reason he was angry with her was uh, his parents had split a bunch of years before when he was, when he was pretty young, and... Uh, his dad was pretty absent. His dad had a girlfriend now that he was pretty serious with and um, kind of just wasn't around. More and more he was, he was absent, the dad was, and this kid was hurt by that, angry by that. Uh, and now his mom was kind of starting to do the same thing. She, uh, she met a guy and was getting a little bit more serious with him. She was becoming increasingly absent not being at stuff, uh, just not being on top of things the way she used to be. He could just tell she, she sort of wanted to be other places. And uh, he just felt like he and his little sister were kind of being neglected. And, um, and I said to him, I agree with you. I said, I, I think you're right. I don't think you can... You can't go stealing stuff because of this. 
But I get why you're upset. I think you got a right to be angry. Not just at your mom, also, also your dad. I think he'd almost given up on his father at that point. He'd been hurt enough by him. But now with mom doing it, it was like... So anyway, we talked a bit, and then I called the mom, and she came in. She started crying faster than the kid did. This was like 20 seconds. She's bawling her eyes out. and She knew what, she knew what I was talking about. I kind of relayed what he told me, which I told you. She didn't deny it. She didn't get defensive. She got very sorry. Uh, she said, you're right. You're right. He's right. Um, she knew she had been sort of becoming more distant and knew that wasn't right. They needed to be priority, and they were kind of no longer were. And she talked about this guy she was seeing, and she liked him, but she was also feeling pressure for him, from him. He had made a couple of comments, and he was you know, getting aggravated and kind of rolling his eyes when she couldn't hang out because she had responsibilities. And they had, I guess they had a conversation, and she kind of got the sense he was, you know, kind of saying, listen, something's got to give here or I'm, I'm done. And she kind of panicked at that. She didn't want to lose this guy. So she made these compromises, and now she was like, she was upset. She felt guilty. And she was a good person. She was a good, she was a good mom. But she kind of dropped the ball here. She... Uh, she was afraid she was going to lose this guy. So she kind of ran. She kind of ran from who she was. Here's another runner. Um, these two kids met when they were freshmen in college. They uh, didn't know each other before. One guy was from uh, Jersey and the other kid was from the island here. And they, uh, they both went to Catholic high schools and were both pretty involved in kind of campus ministry stuff. They were involved in their youth groups. They decided to go to, or uh, there was this like retreat, orientation retreat that was offered like in August before things started. They both went, they kind of hit it off, they became buddies. Turns out they, they were both in the same dorm and became really, really good friends. Um, started playing intramural sports together hanging out. They'd go to Mass on Sunday night together. They had a pretty good Mass on campus. Anyway, the following semester, they happened to be in the same class together. I think it was a sociology class. And this professor was just this jerk who was, uh, had no use for religion, had no use for you know anything traditional, uh, couldn't stand the Catholic Church. And he was just like a bully. He just, uh, he would just shoot his mouth off all the time, trashing who we are. And these two guys were getting more and more upset by it. Um, finally, one day, it just got completely ridiculous. And this kid raises, one, one of these kids raises his hand and goes, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's right, what you just said. Like, that's not my experience of the church. And You know, this guy was a thug. Like, nobody ever, nobody ever pushed back on this professor. So it was like, ooh, big deal. Like, people couldn't believe it. And this guy was a little taken back by it, so he gets annoyed because he was legitimately challenged. So he starts going after this kid, kind of mocking him, further mocking the church. Kids are laughing, kids are smirking. This kid's getting more kind of uptight. 
And then the, the professor goes like, is any, anybody else here buying this? And his buddy, who's right next to him, uh, doesn't raise his hand. Kind of keeps his head down. And he couldn't believe it. He couldn't, the other kid couldn't believe that this, because this guy was just as angry, just as offended as he was. But he kept his mouth shut, and he just, uh, he was real disappointed in his friend that he, uh, he didn't step up. He was just kind of afraid of being laughed at. Sort of afraid of what other people would think. Maybe afraid of this professor. I guess he was. So he kind of ran too. There's lots of ways of running. You can go running on a track. You can go running on a treadmill. You can also just kind of go running from yourself. We can run from who we, who we know we're supposed to be. Do you ever do that? Do you ever just kind of run from the truth? Do you ever just sort of run from your gut? You run from your conscience? You run from yourself. And it's almost always because of fear, isn't it? Some scary voice, some scary force or presence just makes me bolt. It's this college professor. It's this mom who's afraid her boyfriend's going to split if she doesn't change things. Fear just kind of wins out sometimes. And when it does, man, we always lose. We are always the loser when we surrender to those kinds of fears. Look at this gospel. Look at the parents in this gospel. It's a big long one, as you just heard. And there's a ton of characters. It's like, it's an incredible story. I mean, you could go on. I could give like seven homilies here. I won't. Don't panic. I won't. But you could. Like, there's so many different pieces. This little thing with the mother and the, the blind guy has been healed. People can't believe it. So their parents are called in. The religious leaders are totally suspect because they're threatened by Jesus. If Jesus gets more press, if people start hearing that he's working miracles, they're going to follow him more and them less. And that scared them. So they call these two, and it's almost like a little trial. And they say, hey, was your son, was, he was born from, he was blind from birth, right? And they go, yeah. Well, what happened? He now can see. What's the deal? And their response is pathetic. They're like, uh, we don't know. They knew. You think the, the son didn't go home and say, this guy did this to me? You don't think he, they, they didn't, you don't think they asked? How are you now seeing? You have never been able to see anything. And now you're walking and running around like 2020 vision. You know they knew it was Jesus. But they were afraid to talk about it. In fact, they go, you know what? Just ask him. He's a big boy. He can explain it himself. They were petrified of these thugs, these religious thugs. And that's what they were. So they ran from who they were. Go ask him yourself. He can answer the questions. When's the last time you ran? When's the last time you're like, yeah, I just, I kept my mouth shut and I should have spoke up. I should have said something. But I worried way too much about what other people thought in that moment. I was scared. 
something wrong was going on. I should have, I should have spoken out, but I was afraid I might lose my job. Or I, might, I was afraid I might, my grade may be affected. So I didn't raise my hand and say, whoa, whoa, t- time out. No, I don't think that's true. I've talked to you guys, uh, I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, my nephew, Patrick, he's my oldest nephew, and he, uh, he just got out of the Navy, and uh, he's a Navy SEAL, and I was talking to him recently uh, about his experience in the service, specifically among the, his te- uh, SEAL team about how they reacted to his faith, his being Catholic. Because he is, kind of like with no apology. Like, what was that? I was like, Pat, what, what was their reaction to that, to you? And it was like, they think I'm crazy. <laughs> they don't think, totally don't get it. So sometimes they kind of make fun of him. But it's more like they just, they don't, they don't understand it. He told me he was in... Um, I think it was in the Southwest when they were training. They were all over the country, up in Alaska at points. They were in the, in the desert at points. And I think this was in, uh, might have been Nevada. Wherever they were, uh, the local Catholic church was like, I don't know, a half hour away. So he asked if he can get, can he get a ride to go to Mass on a Sunday. And the rule apparently was you, couldn't, you, you had to have two, two, two service people in a vehicle. One guy couldn't get in the van and take it to church. You had to have two people. So he goes to his, you know, whatever, his commander, the guy in charge. He says, hey, can I? The guy's like, no, you got it. Well, you got to get somebody else. He's like, well, there is nobody else who's gone. The guy's like, well, and Pat's like, well, I got to get to mass. So they changed the rule. And they said, all right, Bar can go and uh, he can take the van himself. And that's what he used to do. And they would like, they just were like, why, why are you doing this? Why do you do this? And he's got a girlfriend now. She lives in the city. And he's still down in uh, Virginia. So, you know, he gets up here, I don't even know how often, one, couple, once, twice a month. She's got an apartment in the city. And uh, he's got a buddy who's got an apartment in the city. So when he goes up, he stays at his buddy's house. And then they hang out. Anyway, he's talking to a couple of these seals at one point and somehow mentions that. And one of the guys goes, uh, why don't you just stay with her? He's like, ah, because I don't want to stay with her. I mean, I'd kind of like to stay with her, but I'm not going to. And they were like, they thought he was more crazy. Yeah, he didn't say this, but... You know, what he was really com- communicating was, it's like, hey, it's like there's right and there's wrong. There's appropriate and there's not. And I think he was being real honest. He was like, hey, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm going to maybe have some serious regrets. Because we're all capable of mistakes. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want that. My God, how refreshing is that? You can never hear that anymore. It seems like everybody's kind of compromised, sold out. We just do what we want. We do what's easy. Those questions, those sort of like, yeah, I don't know if this is really cool. I don't know if this is really appropriate, if this is right. Stuff that like your parents or your grandparents used to talk about. We don't even 
talk about that stuff anymore. That's not good. I mean, I really respect my nephew. Obviously, for the seal thing, of course. But more than that, his honor, his integrity. We need more of that. And you know what it makes him? They don't get him. They are so confused by him. Because he's also like, they know who he is. They were in, in combat with him in Afghanistan. He's got a couple of medals. They know what he's capable of. So you got like Pat the seal, and then you get Pat like the honorable guy. And that, that confuses them. That's what Jesus does. That's what integrity does. It confuses us because people are like, wow, I, this gospel. Why didn't they recognize this guy? Jesus has healed him. And then the people he grew up with are like, hey, isn't that the blind dude? And people are like, yeah. yeah. Some people are saying yeah, and some people are saying no. Why didn't they recognize him? Nothing changed externally. His, his sight was healed. It wasn't like his appearance changed. The guy looked the same. Why are they confused? I think it's for this reason. Because he met Jesus. He let Jesus get close. And when we do that, we change. When we let Jesus get really close, like this guy got, Jesus got real close to this guy. He's spitting on mud and he's taking the mud and he's putting it on the guy's eyes. I'd say that's pretty close. This blind guy let Jesus in. And not only did he regain his sight, he was changed. People could see he wasn't the same person. That's why they look at my nephew like, what gives with him? Because he's different. Because he's allowed his faith to shape who he is. And people get confused. You know what? Conversion breeds confusion. So here's the question. How close you let him get to you? You know, we all do this. We're all like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. But it's sort of like on my terms. I don't want to get too close because then I may change. I don't know if I'm up for that kind of change. So we try to, or at least I do, control how close he gets. Man, if I like, if I raise my hands and say, you come, come as close as you can, come as close to me as you did that blind guy, I'm going to be different. And there's no turning back when that, when that happens. We see it. You see it. It's like, yeah, like there's this kid, I'm, I'm on the same lacrosse team as him. And he's good and he's competitive and he's tough, but he's also like, man, he's like such a good kid. When everybody else is being the biggest idiot in the world, saying stupid, trashy things, this guy like never does. Like he's just really respectable. He's also got a lot of faith. Man, I wonder if that's connected. Yeah, there's this there's this kid I'm in school with, and man, she's really nice. You know, she's just it's like something about her that's different kind of reaches out to people when others really don't. She's kind of just, you know, kind of compassionate. 
when other people kind of don't even notice people in need, people stepping over people and she's reaching down to that person, what fuels that? I'll bet it's faith. I'll bet she's let Jesus get close. Yeah, it's this family on the block that's, they're just so awesome. They're like the best neighbors. And there's like 20 other houses on the block. And they, they're good people, but these people are different. They're always here. They go skiing. They go away skiing. They find mass up in wherever. They travel and they find mass. Like they don't keep Jesus at a comfortable distance. They invite him in. And because of it, they're different. And because of that, people are confused by them. And that's good. So let him close. Shake things up. And see how people get confused. Thank you for listening to today's show. Once again, Father Brian's Q&A segment starts next week, and we need your questions. Questions can be emailed to beachcatholicpodcast at gmail.com. And again, all questions will remain anonymous. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. And feel free to share with your loved ones. We'll be back next week, and until then, God bless.